Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. gentlemen welcome to episode four of grown men watch this shit episode four all right we're here how you feeling buddy yeah i'm good i'm good um i was uh, really happy with how everything uh shook out last um episode with the interview with jonah so good to, to to catch up with him and you know everything that uh, that you you miss in and not talking to a good friend for a long time. I was really happy with that, um, and yeah, just just enjoying the overall momentum of things of uh, of the show, and uh, yeah, the the sky is the limit, my friend. Very excited. <laughs> yeah, it was actually it was fun being a third party to your guys's conversation. I did get in, get my sheet in every once in a while, but it was interesting seeing and listening to you guys catch up with everything and little learning a little bit more about Australian wrestling in general and then of course Jonah's career. Yeah, yeah, definitely interesting scene. You gotta make sure you get your shit in, brother. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I thought you got a bit of shit in. You had some some nice yeah, yeah. insight. I I, uh, I appreciated um you being the the third man in the in the ring there, man. I thought you did yeah, a good man. job. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Great. Um <laughs> so yeah, getting from last episode where we had all, all the news and an interview, um, today we, we do still have quite a bit of news. Um, there are a lot of interesting stuff kind of going down for us to, to chat through. Um, in addition to, um, I was very excited to uh, have a little bit of a, a watch of the uh, Game Changer Wrestling Tournament of Survival that took place a couple of weeks ago, um, featuring probably the match that I was the most excited to hear for, like, ever, which was PCO against Joey Janela. So I, uh, I look forward to having a little bit of a chat about that later as well for our listeners. Um, but, yes, uh, yes. yeah, let's, let's just jump on in. Let's jump into it, man. All right. Uh, we touched base. We jumped right out of the gate with this last week, but... Again, I, I have to keep us abreast of David Arquette Watch 2018. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Arquette has now made his foray actually into a wrestling ring and jumped in and took a little bit of a swing at the Rockness Monsters, a uh, friend of mine, Johnny Yuma. And, but he dropped them both with a double stunner. So it's exciting to see my hero, my personal hero, David Arquette, back in the ring. Your feelings and thoughts, friend. Amazing. <laughs> I'm just so excited about every little bit of this development. Uh, where was that? Was that bar wrestling? Where'd that happen? Uh, it was at Peter and Ray's surprise birthday party spectacular. So PP Ray, uh, Ray Rosas and Peter Avalon, they have like a little birthday party shindig. I think it's essentially, I think it's at the same place that they run bar wrestling, but mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if it was a bar wrestling show per se. Okay. How interesting. Yes, yes. But yeah, so David Arquette made a, I don't think he was actually a part of the match. We'll say he just did a run in, but still cool. That's awesome. And I wonder if he's actually started taking bookings and like doing like full matches or he's just going to do spots. What do you think? Well, I mean, he has had the the match announced for that, um, that, that clown show, right? With uh, him well, and, I mean, and outside of Tornado. That, I mean, 
yes, yes. So, I mean, maybe, I guess that's going to be the in-ring debut, I would assume. Um, oh, okay. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, what the, the hell? Like, that bar wrestling um, venue, I, I don't know if this one was at the venue, but that's the same one that had, like, Macaulay Culkin a little while back doing his in-ring thing yeah. there. How do they get in touch with all of these uh, top celebrities? That's pretty cool. I I think uh, Joey Janela, or not Joey Janela, I apologize. Joey, Joey Ryan. Ryan has mm. quite a connection to the L.A. like comedy and acting scene. So uh, a lot of those people are wrestling, Mark. So believe it or not, they, they as I am myself, always waiting for the moment that we can get our moment to shine in the wrestling ring, even if it means we may have to possibly take a bump. So, yeah, super fucking fans like Macaulay Culkin. And there's other, other people that have gotten an opportunity, like Stephen Amell. He actually fucking got to go and wrestle a big event. So, fuck, man. If I had the opportunity, would you? Well, you're an actual former wrestler, but if I had the opportunity to go in there and just shake it up and just maybe take one clothesline or something, I'd fucking do it. I'm a mark, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's not go too far in saying that I was a former wrestler. I think the the bar for back in the day Australian wrestling may not have uh, quite qualified as that, <laughs> but it was fun nonetheless. All right. Well, welcome back, David Arquette. <laughs> I just I think it's fun to talk to cover that as like it's the biggest news item in the world because to me, frankly, it it really is. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I um. I cannot see. I cannot wait to see what happens next on the David Arquette watch. Um, yeah. So next up, <laughs> I you like a little ticker, a little a noise that comes in, like beep 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 beep. David Arquette beep 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 beep. Arquette watch twenty. <laughs> I need that. I need that in my life. Maybe there can be an app that's developed where any time some sort of David Arquette wrestling thing goes down, uh, yeah, we can get a little beep. I just want to get an old school beeper awesome. that I can like carry around anywhere, and it's only for David Arquette updates. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> All right, it's gone a little too far. Okay, okay, let's let's wind it back. All right. <laughs> so uh, one of the other big things uh, we we spoke about last week, obviously, with the the Punk Cabana, Doctor Amon Aman. I don't even know how you say the jerk's name, but whatever. Um, the, just how groundbreaking that was, and and how much of an awesome win it was for the little guys. Um. Uh, going on from that, uh, after we recorded the show, uh, obviously Punk then had to go into the cage in UFC the week of the court trial. Obviously, he, he didn't, um, you know, light the, the world on fire, but just to, to actually fight under those circumstances, I, I think all, all credit to the guy, ballsy as all hell, and for anyone that I've heard, you know, taking shots at the dude saying he doesn't belong in there or whatever... Um, I don't understand it myself. I mean, what do you think? Um, personally, I, I'm always one of those guys that thinks if people can make the UFC or any company a little bit of money, they, they have a right to be in the, in there. Um, CM Punk is going to be a draw on a UFC card. People are going to either want to see him get his ass kicked or watch him attempt to win a fucking fight. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, it didn't go his way. It was... A pretty brutal-looking fight overall. I guess both of the guys look like they're not, no longer going to be competing in the UFC, potentially. So, um, yeah, Michael Jackson, even, I guess, after Daniel Bryan talked a little smack um, on Twitter or social media, he also, like, I guess was trying to throw some fucking shade on Daniel Bryan. So, uh, man, fucking wrestling in the UFC. But re regardless, your first original question, I think it's awesome. The guy... Yeah. 
went out there. He pursued his dream. Not many of us say we can't. We've done that, uh, especially to the highest extent possible. Sure, his name maybe gave him a little bit more opportunity, but what's the point of establishing of a name if you can't make use of it? You know what I mean? Mm, exactly. And I mean, I don't know, frankly, what he's going to do from here going forward. I probably think that UFC is not the best place for him, um, you know, going forward into the, the future. If he wants to keep kicking this on, um, you know, probably somewhere like Bellator or um, one of the, you know, something in Japan, who knows, could be a thing. Um, but hey, the world is, is his oyster, um, and in, in all reality, like it's his life to lead. Like that's, that's the biggest takeaway from it for me. Uh, all these, you know, bench coaches or whatever that want to tell him what to do, you know, he needs to just go back to WWE or whatever, like get fucked. Just dude wants to live his life. Um, let him live his life, you know, along the, uh, the, the same avenues of, of great Sasuke, uh, singing with Joey Janela at the end of the, the spring break uh, to the, the wonderful song, It's My Life. Yes, yes. Uh, and also, <laughs> who cares? CM Punk doesn't want to – he doesn't give a fuck about wrestling. And eventually, eventually one day he wants to do another match. and he, I don't care. I would love to see him back in the WWE. I think the possibility of that is very slim, almost non-existent. Um, but, hey. Who cares? Uh, he he entertained us for the period of time he's gone now. Deal with it. A lot of people still chant like his name as if he's gonna come back. A lot of say just to fucking be annoying. I, I mean, I, I love that, that he's because... still the most over guy in the company. Like you know, five years removed from actually it's being tremendous. there. <laughs> I always get yeah, a kick out of it. I mean, he's a once in a lifetime talent uh, as far as the overall package is concerned. He never was the most tremendous professional wrestler. Didn't have the greatest body, but fucking god the guy could entertain and he could work like a motherfucker you know what i mean yeah man yeah so good um i think a lot of people owe it to themselves if you want to see some some cm punk and you, you're sad that you're not seeing him on in wwe go back and watch yourself some retro roh go back and watch yourself some uh, cm mm. punk versus samoa joe uh, watch yourself some that summer of punk where he uh, he finally won the ROH title and was like the hottest heel in all of wrestling. Watch his sick matches with uh, with James Gibson, you know now uh, Jamie Noble. Those matches were, were great, and I don't think they get the the credit they were due. Punk had so much fun stuff um, in, in ROH, and uh, I think a lot of people might not have seen that. And uh, hey, we have uh, an awesome. ROH streaming service available now uh, on a club, I believe, and they're actually releasing a lot of those older shows. Um, so, heck, go back and give it a watch, guys. Enjoy uh, Punk at his best. Dude, some of that great stuff with Raven and him, um, oh. that shit was brutal, man. That, that was some real raw emotional storytelling with uh, Punk really going all in with his straight edge gimmick. So, yeah, if you've never got an opportunity to see the full force of the straight edge CM Punk, which we got a maybe a light taste of the, in the WWE, yeah, definitely go check that out. Yeah, man, that um that Raven feud was actually what uh what made me such a big fan of CM Punk initially. Um, yeah, you know, uh, back in in ROH it was like two thousand three, I think. Um, initially, he came in and had a, a sweet series of matches with Cabana, um, but yeah, just in terms of Great storytelling, promos, twists and turns. Um, yeah, I thought that the Raven feud was was fantastic. Loved the matches and 
Yeah, Ra- Raven was great as well back then. People forget how what? how good a run Raven had in two thousand three. Hey, perfect, perfect opposing force for CM Punk at that time too. It's just like that you couldn't write any better. That's why I was really hoping that uh, back when there was teas. CM Punk and Stone Cold kind of almost went into business for themselves, like teasing a, a potential match that never happened. But imagine if they used that. Oh, fuck, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, man. Oh, so much good stuff. Um, all right. So uh, one of the next things that I was uh, very excited about in uh, the, the wrestling news these days is the, the developments that are happening in the world of, of Mexican wrestling. Now, this has been um, simmering for uh, a couple of months now, a little while. Um, started all with uh, the man, L.A. Park. A lot of players at home may know him as the original La Parker from WCW, the chairman of WCW, as it were. Um, yes, sir. Dude has had a, a great run on um, the like Mexican indies the, the last couple of years. He's had a, an awesome feud with this uh, guy Rush that um, some people might know about. Just having some great, great brawls. Probably my favorite brawl of the actual year uh, was a match that those dude had in, I want to say, Monterey last year that you can find on the YouTube um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Park is definitely getting up into his older years. Um, he's, uh, probably generously up around the 280 pound mark. Um, oh, shit. yeah, so he's a bit up there, but he can still go like a motherfucker. Um, and he's still over as fuck as well, um, to where he made his surprise shocking, um, return to CMLL and Arena Mexico. Um, uh, about a month or so back. Um, and since then, he's had a, a couple of matches there. Um, people may not know, but uh, CMLL and Arena Mexico, the, the promoter there, Paco Alonso, um, has been uh, rumoured to hold a grudge uh, to where people leave and they're not very welcome back. Uh, LA Park was definitely on that list with um, some other guys, like Conan is a, a good example of someone that's been on the outs with Arena Mexico. Let's not for be a long too time. harsh. Let's, this is kind of a, a common occurrence with a lot of promoters, as far exactly. as I've known. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, I love me some Conan as well. So, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, friend of a friend of the show, I guess. I don't know. I'd say for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of ways people leave Arena Mexico, not necessarily coming back. That seems to have completely changed. Park came back and um, has resumed his amazing feud with Rush in CMLL, rumored to be looking towards going to main event, the, the biggest CMLL show of the year, the anniversary show, uh, La Aniversario. Um, against Rush in a hair versus mask match, which is like the biggest match in uh, Mexican wrestling that um, I've heard of for, for quite a few years, maybe going back since that Atlantis Ultimo Guerrero match. Um, so I'm tremendously excited about that, but that kind of set the precedent for just changing the whole face of the way that Mexican wrestling works in terms of guys working one place and not others. Um, so that's extended to where more recently we've had uh, two awesome standouts from uh, PWG, Lucha Underground, pretty much all of the the cool indies going on right now. Um, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix uh, also coming into uh, CMLL. Phoenix has already made his debut uh, last week. Um, And yeah, 
these guys are now working CMLL and also working triple AAA, which is kind of like working in the 90s, WWF and WCW simultaneously. It's crazy. Which, it, even crazier wrinkle is fucking previously with Phoenix and uh, Pentagon both having their names basically ripped them ripped from them by AAA, suing them, trying to keep the rights. So that leads me to the first question. What monikers are they going to be using over there? Is it going to be Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, or is it like Penta L0M, or what's going on? Well, that's like a, another really interesting ripple to the story as well, because, um, so get this, in, in AAA, and, and both actually announced as working Triple Mania, which is AAA's WrestleMania of the year as well, Um yeah. So in AAA, they're going to be working as as Phoenix and um, Pentagon Jr. While on the independents and in CMLL and the crash, um, Phoenix uh, uses his, his non-AAA slash underground name of either Ray Phoenix or just The King. So okay. he's like got two simultaneous uh, separate copyright deal gimmicks going at the same time um <laughs> pentagon you know the same pentagon jr in, in triple a lucha underground um penta el cerro miedo in uh the independence and uh i'm assuming that's what it'll be using in cmll as well so oh. what a world yes sir <laughs> and and like at the that... same time lucha underground's just returned to to tv as well so they, they're appearing there weekly on all whatever indies in the states in cmll um, triple A, the crash, like, geez, are they going to turn up on Raw next week? What the hell? They're like RVD <laughs> back in the day in the nineties, working for WWF, WCW, and ECW in the span of one week. That'd be tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> are like Pentagon and uh, Phoenix? Are they like? Are they going to? Are they officially like this generation's like Mill and Blue Demon or like what? What's what's going on? Like that's what they like. They're so huge. Like, they're working everywhere. Mm. They're, like, upper echelon. They're, like, main eventing in every place they go to, uh, carrying multiple titles wherever they go. I just... Well, you could definitely... You could definitely, like, make that correlation to being, like, a modern-day version of Mil Mascaris in terms of, like, Mil was almost a bigger star outside of Mexico than he was in Mexico. I mean, he was obviously a huge star in Mexico, but, like, he was a, a really big star in Japan... Um, obviously in the, the States and all the different territories as well. So it's like they are too, just working everywhere. Um, it's, it's great to see. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be a real test actually now that they're on in sort of the big leagues of of, um, of Mexico in uh, CMLL and Arena Mexico to see if they can sort of parlay that independent fame and independent drawing ability to actually drawing some, some serious business to uh, what that's probably um, you know the greatest uh, wrestling venue in the world right now in Arena Mexico in my book, um, and I mean going further than that, there's that I don't know if people know, but that building holds a, a really special place in the the hearts of, of pretty much all Mexican wrestlers. To to say that you've wrestled in Arena Mexico is the equivalent of a you know guy in the states saying he's wrestled in Madison Square Garden in a lot of ways. Um, Phoenix actually mentioned this in a, an interview recently about how big of a deal that was for him and, and Pentagon because he said they actually used to be the kids 
outside Arena Mexico selling the the, the bullshit masks and uh, hot dogs and whatever, scalping shit um, to, to make a few bucks outside of the venue as kids when they were growing up. Um, and to say he's gone all that way to, to now actually wrestling there. I mean, he said because it was such a thing of, um, you know, if you, you work other places, you're not necessarily welcome there. A little while ago, he was in town. He wasn't booked. He just wanted to see a show. So him and his wife went to the show, but he actually wore a Blue Demon mask so people wouldn't recognize him. I thought that was really, really funny, a little interesting thing. That's awesome. Oh, I thought th- I was waiting for another wrinkle of the story. Like, all of a sudden, but they recognized his wife and they said, hey, let's <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I'd heard a similar story from Conan where he had basically had to have the guys smuggle him in and he was wearing a mask or whatever just so yeah, he could like, go to the show. So it's, you know, serious stuff. And now to just see how much this is changing and, and who knows where it's going to go. Uh, it's just a, a very exciting time. Um, if, if people don't already, you can actually check out the, the, the basically the biggest Arena Mexico show of the week every Friday night. Uh, it, it's streamed for free um, live on um, the the uh, CMLL uh, website proxy. I think it's called Collateral Sports. Um, you can find it off there. Uh, it's also streamed live on their Facebook. Um, and for... Any updates, if you want to check it out, just Google Cubs fan. Cubs fan is the best resource that you can possibly have uh, with his Lucha blog um, in terms of keeping up with all the, the news and happenings in uh, in Mexican wrestling. It's a very exciting place, and those Friday Night Arena Mexico shows are fun as shit to watch. And um, I know I'll be tuning in to, to see LA Park and Phoenix and Pentagon and just see how all of this uh, all this goes forward. What uh, of course uh, a pen or a excuse me a La Parca or L A Park mask loss is going to be huge news and a big big paycheck for that gentleman. Do you think he's as you mentioned getting kind of big, getting kind of old? Is he at the stage in the career? Do you think he's ready to do that or? I think so. Think I think he's he's personally got to be one of the biggest draws, biggest names in Mexican wrestling right now. You know, even though yeah. he is a bit older, guys in Mexico sure. generally have far longer careers than we're used to in um, American wrestling, um, to where they are really hitting their, their peak time in terms of drawing ability and can still actually go in the ring like motherfuckers in their 40s and 50s. So I think this is going to be huge. I think this may be like talking about the biggest mask versus hair match of all time. I think it'll probably Russia be... Russia big face or the heel? A big time heel. He's he, interesting Russia's because heel. for a long time he's a he's officially a technico, um, yeah. In terms of the way that he works, but he's the most hated man in Mexico, basically. Um, almost like for a long time the the Mexican version of uh, John Cena, um, but now he's he sort of plays it more as a as a straight up heel. With um, I mean he he originally um, created Los Ingobernables. Um, before yeah, familiar with him as him himself, I just wasn't sure how he's wrestling because the heat of taking one of the biggest names mask that's something only a few guys can you know, kind of carry at going forward. So it's good that they pick somebody like Rush to potentially take that mantle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. not something you just give to anybody. No, and and uh, his hair has actually been protected better than like anyone's hair in the history of Mexican wrestling. Yeah, he's he's super long. 
Yeah, well, that and he's he's had a lot of these matches, like hair versus mask matches, and he's won quite a few really famous masks with his hair on the line. When normally, like, oh, you'd expect a guy's going to get a haircut rather than a dude losing his mask and identity and everything. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's been built up really well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very Good excited. And yeah, their first match where where uh, LA Park made his grand return to Arena Mexico was one of the craziest brawls you will see. They had, he like threw a beer card at him and it just it was it was pretty insane. Uh, tore the the mask up. It's just, just great to see. So I'm excited such on disrespect. that one. Oh, just such blatant disrespect. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. I can't even actually can't hear about it. Let's let's continue on with something else, please. Let's continue on. Well, on the theme <laughs> on the theme of Mexican wrestling, I'm actually getting a a bit of a call right now. We're going to have a run-in. A run-in to oh, the shit. show. Oh, boy. Bring let's, it. Uh, let's see just how this goes. I'm not going to make any promises. Let's see. I may be uh, recording over this if technical things do not work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this may be cut out. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I have uh, successfully got this, uh, this run-in to the show that we previously discussed happening. Uh, we have a running call from a roving reporter in nowhere else but uh, Tijuana, Mexico. Uh, it is my good friend, uh, John. How's it going, man? Hey, Chris. I'm doing awesome. I appreciate you having me here. For anybody that's listening, I have literally never been on a podcast or in any way had more than two people at a time listen to me talk about wrestling, so hopefully we do it all right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, me, me, me and Chris here have been doing this together for very long, so it's almost like just amateur hour all across the board, so don't worry about it. It's, it's good. <laughs> we, uh, we are known for our unprofessionalism, so take that. Oh, I can definitely do that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, I mean, for our listeners, uh, I thought it'd be really cool to have John on um, because, uh, as mentioned, he's currently in Tijuana, and this past weekend, John actually got to go to a, a, a crash show. Uh, which is one of the the big yeah. companies in Mexico. We were just talking about um, CMLL and, and AAA. Um, uh, I'd say Crash is probably the the number one behind those two, and they've been doing really cool stuff, putting on really fun sounding um, cards down in Tijuana. And yeah, man, you actually got to to go to one of them. I'm I'm super jealous. Like it's been on my bucket list to go to Mexico for so long, and then here you are, just making it on down there, living the dream. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually relatively affordable for my hometown in Denver. You know, uh, as some of the things I'm going to talk about, I kind of want to allude to a, a comparison here. I guess I want to start off by saying how I met Chris Bryan here. Uh, Chris and I met at PWG Battle of L.A. last year. We met on one night. We shared a cab back into downtown L.A., and we've been friends ever since. We also saw each other at WrestleMania weekend where we got to go to some different shows. I'm sure everybody knows the different shows that have gone on there, so I won't waste your time there. But uh, it's always – I didn't get a chance to go to the Crash show when I was at WrestleMania weekend. It had always been on a bucket list, and it looks like I found the dream show. Yeah. It, was, uh, it, was, it was definitely something that to go to, and I recommend like, anybody take the trip. That card looked like so much fun just from an outside perspective. What a one to just sort of luck into working out with uh, everything there. The one thing that I did want to call back to from our WrestleMania weekend experience, one of my favorite things – um that i have uh, ever done was the uh drinking out of a paper bag what was it was it jack but some sort of bourbon anyway we ended up uh just 
drinking out of an anonymous paper bag at the front of a ROH show. Uh, having oh, a yeah. great time. Wild Turkey 101. Yeah, we pre-gamed <laughs> pretty hard. We oh. got kind of rowdy for that Ring of Honor show. I as, think as we you did. Need to. That yeah, that's really the best way to approach any wrestling show. Just get drunk off your ass and be uh, offering shots to any passerby that uh, that you see at the front of the venue. That was so much fun, man. So, I I also oh. met Chris at PWG Battle of Los Angeles. So, Chris, how many new friends and new acquaintances did you acquire out <laughs> here in Los Angeles? Because it seems to be brimming. Your, your social life is full of... PWGites, and now that I've looked at your picture, Mr. Crafts, I yes, we have indeed, we in fact have met. No. Okay, great. I'm sorry I don't have your picture in front of me. I'm the uh, big, tall, we had a good bearded guy that's really loud. That, uh... <laughs> sounds like sounds like your everyday PWG. Exactly. Fan that me. was that was kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a Bullet Club shirt, maybe wearing cargo shorts. You never know. Oh, yeah. oh, perfect. perfect. Nice, nice. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine anyone at PWG. Uh, wearing cargo shorts and a Bullet Club shirt, sir. That sounds ridiculous to me. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. <laughs> so you made the trip down to Mexico. Is this solely a wrestling-based trip, or or were there other aspirations of going other places while you're down there? Well, as I said, I had a job interview in San Diego uh, for a company that's going to be expanding into my hometown in Denver. Ah. Um, but when I, when I saw the card and everything lined, they've been trying to get me to go out for weeks, and it was never anything time-sensitive. Uh, and with everything that happened last week that I mentioned, I, I really wanted to get out there, lined up the show. I said, this is the week I got to do it. Told everybody that's where I was going. And it was awesome. And speaking of PWG, you know, when I was down there, um, there was a, a meet and greet before that I attended that I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about, but when I was there, I saw Brendan Creasy from PWG. He's a uh, pretty good friends with some of the wrestlers was doing a little bit of the driving, uh, for people getting them across the border. And then I also saw the famous Tim who always sits by the aisle, the, the bigger guy with the glasses, and uh, always sits in that same... Yeah, Tim Treacy, I saw him right there, got a chance to get to know these guys a little bit. It was a great time. So it was really kind of a nice homecoming with a way to expand you know, my circle for when I come back to PWG, because Lord knows every time I go, I fly. So you know, I, I don't know everybody except for who I've met there, and it's been a really good time. But yeah, that meet and greet was great. So it, would, it cost uh, 150 pesos, Anybody that's not really familiar with that, it, that's about uh, like ten bucks. What seven fifty? Yes, ten fifty. There's seven fifty right now, given the uh, exchange rate, and that was really cool. And I got to say, it was uh, in a way, it was much like PWG, where that is free. Um, everybody was just kind of sitting around the ring, you know, selling their merchandise, ready to sign photos. But it was a little different because it's Mexico, because of everything that you know goes on with you know just different people's economies and budgets and whatnot. All the wrestlers were there ready to take pictures. People were getting autographs signed on like your regular steno pads, uh, just flipping sheets as the new wrestlers. And it was really great. I, I got pictures with, uh, you know, uh, let's see here. I got pictures with, first off, Alberto Del, El, El Patron was there. Oh, well, that's quite uh, elusive was... to actually, uh, you know, get to <laughs> yeah, see Alberto <laughs> El Patron on a show that he's announced for. That's, that's uh, a pretty elusive yeah, thing. Yeah, he definitely. And uh, much props, Alberto, if you're listening, we really appreciate you showing up. And I appreciate the picture. <laughs> you know, That's so awesome. Out props for doing game. what you promised you would be doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really interesting. Because You've got paid. That's paid. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, kids, I mean, keep in mind, we're in Mexico. So, Alberto El Patron, Pentagon, Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, these are all their heroes. 
So I was really getting pushed out of the way by these kids and their parents trying to get a picture. When I did get to the front of the line, I just said, Alberto, I know you're very busy. Quick selfie, click, click, and just got out of the way and let these kids enjoy it. But when I was there, I, I got a chance to, you know, we, we've got a, a local show that I'd like to plug in a minute that I was, I was looking to, uh, you know, get some booking information for with different people. And, uh, you know, it was really nice, for example, talking to Bandito. Bandito, oh, does Bandito is so oh. good. He is like blowing up like crazy right now. Um, on that that New Orleans show, uh, the the Super Show, the, um, he had a, a sick match. It was like Bandito Junior and uh, Flamita, I want to say, um, oh, against like Ray Phoenix awesome. and someone else. But yeah, Bandito Junior, so good. Wait, it, it was it that was something. And, you know, it was funny because that's one of those shows just like a PWG where people threw money into the ring. And we have always heard that that's tradition, but I got to see that firsthand. Yeah, that's authentic. Um, you know, that's cool. It's great. And, you know, what's funny is you can't actually throw a peso bill in the ring because there's that plastic material in it. You can't oh. wad it up. People were actually throwing coins into the ring. Wait, what do you mean by and, plastic uh, material? I, I have very little experience experience with physical yeah, mexican off. money please what do you mean yeah sure so in the united states we have very paper bills but in other countries as you may know you know euros and things like that they have anti-counterfeit devices and uh one of these things is making it a, a thicker material that they think cannot be counterfeited i'm not sure if that's affected or not just because you know i, I don't typically use them but if you try to crumple a thick sheet of paper with a plastic strip in it, it just won't, it just won't ball up. Ah. And actually, I think I get what you mean. Like our Australian money is a bit like that. We got like this little plastic bit in the corner. Um, and it's a bit thicker. you it into a paper airplane? Ooh, that'd be a good way to do it. Not even even possible. (laughs) You know, I actually, I was sitting next to somebody who didn't speak English and they made a gesture that I should dip it in my beer and it would work better. And I'd already thrown it and it fell around right next to me. So I picked it up, I dipped it in my beer and I threw it again and landed a row in front of me on a, on a guy's hoodie. And he didn't notice <laughs> it the rest of the show. He just sat there with a with about $1 worth of money sitting in his hoodie. What and, a lovely uh, little so gift. We all had a good laugh. <laughs> what a magical experience. Yeah, it, I, I never figured what happened to that 20 peso. I don't think it made it into the ring. But I'll go ahead and jump to the to the main event. It was the good guys versus the bad guys. It was a, a three versus three. It was Rush, Garza Jr., and Bestia 666. Oh, we were just talking Albel- about Rush. Yeah, yeah, he, I, that was my first time really seeing him. You know, I, I've been aware of a lot of the, the Lucha Libre. I really like the flippy style. It's very energetic. But a lot of these guys I'd never seen before. And at this meet and greet, I, I, I was actually wearing a Phoenix shirt. And these guys came up to me and said, hey, I love that shirt, man. You know, where did you get it? That's awesome. This guy's this guy's definitely the best. And I, I told them, I said, guys, I've, I've actually heard a lot about you, but I've never had a chance to see you. Well, these guys are really nice, but I'm, I'm telling you what, they – they were treating the wrestlers like shit in the main event. They were playing ultimate heel. And uh, it was great because these are the local favorites. You know, they are the Tijuana's own people. But yep. when you go against heroes like Rey Mysterio, Alberto El Patron, Pentagon or Penta Ciro Medo, I mean, you know, these are going to be the real heroes, right? And when the match was over, uh, the bad guys went over. And it's funny because people were very, very pissed. But they were still taking the money. Are they La Rebellion, the uh, the sort of big faction in CMLL? Uh, you know, I'm actually not that sure about it. I don't want to speak on that. But okay. uh, 
you know, it, it was certain that they were a faction together. I just am not that familiar with it. But it was funny because when it was over, they were throwing their, their coins into the ring. But it wasn't like earlier, you know, when there were good matches earlier in the show. They were throwing them out of courtesy and respect, but they were trying to hit these guys in the face with their coins. Each other in the stomach. You know, everybody's booing the crap out of them, but they were flinging coins Watch as hard as they <laughs> yeah, exactly. And coins were landing in the front row opposite of the ring, and people were dodging them. I mean, it was it was just something. But that sounds you know, I like say, a like, nuts a- like experience to actually like be there in fucking Tijuana with like all these projectiles being thrown and just like the the yeah, heat yeah, and like, like oh, that's cool, man. When we were supposed to throw money, it was like this is their tradition, and it was really cool to be around that. Just like at that at that meet and greet, you know, like all of these people knew that, you know, some of these kids may never have a chance to meet these guys at another opportunity. And so everybody was taking pictures. I got a chance to take a picture with like ACH, Shane Strickland, Willie Mack, Flamita, actually. So Flamita was on Dragon Gate with one of my good friends, Mike Seidel. You might know him, brother of yeah. Matt Seidel. Talking to Mike, uh, he's our current champion in our local promotion in Denver called Lucha Libre and Laughs. I recommend you look it up if you've never heard about it. And he's our rolling champion. He lives in Kansas City, but he always comes out. And I told him I was going to the show, and he said, "Hey, you know, he doesn't speak a lick of English, but please tell, uh, you know, please tell Flamita I said hello." <laughs> so I put it in my Google Translate. Hey, can I get a quick picture with you for Mike Seidel? And Flamita just started glowing. He was like, you know, Mike, oh, that's incredible. <laughs> he was cheesing in the picture. I mean, great guy. I think we all know the talent of Flamita. Oh, but dude. really, you know, quality character as well. That's awesome. Dude, every, everything I hear about Mike, I, I, I can't help but think about that fucking spot where uh, CZW, like, guy does a fucking backflip uh, styles clash and knocks Mike out. It's one of the gnarliest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. I think uh, oh, fucking like legit knocked cold. It was fucking crazy. Mm. Absurd. He's hey, very, Mike Seidel, pioneer yeah. of the yoga spots in wrestling. He's tremendous. He's yeah. really, hey, they're both really cool guys. They've been his brother. Yeah. 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 They're both great guys. I've had a chance to see Matt a lot more outside of Denver, but if you haven't, you know, if anybody's listening, you haven't really watched Mike. He's every bit as competent. He's very flippy, very talented. He's also extremely athletic. And may I say, I mean, of all the wrestlers I've ever met, he's probably the kindest person, you know, so so definitely explore him if you haven't listened to that. You know, what I thought was really funny is uh, one of the opening matches, David Starr was in a fatal four-way, and one of the, the ring announcer, who is a, a native guy to Tijuana, tried to do his whole, the cream in your <laughs> coffee type of thing. He didn't quite pull it like Jim Small. He, uh, you know, he just kind of read it off a sheet of paper, and I was, you know, laughing. What was, my ass what off. was the Mexican was, fans' reaction to this? Because that's got to be pretty weird for someone that man, doesn't know what I, it is. Yeah, I don't think they really understood it. It was just kind of like a monotone, like I have to read this paragraph type of thing. Um, and they kind of cut it off early, kind of like Shane Strickland's uh, "Shaka Khan Ain't Nobody" song. They mm-hmm. actually cut it off before the "Oh, oh, 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 oh. criminal." <laughs> oh, I know, like. I tried to yell it out, but I was the only person, and nobody had any idea. What I was yeah, he, he's our he's but, our local. Well, he, up until recently, was our local champ, and he did the whole shotgun. Now he's got his own fucking swerve music, and it's such a bummer because yeah. that, that entrance oh, was so it. fucking great, dude. Probably and my I, favorite I, I entrance love, music in no, all of wrestling today. Agreed. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny. It's my stepmom's favorite song, and uh, we went the <laughs> with the WrestleCon. You know, everybody's singing it out loud, and I, I sent it to her in a video, and she had no idea that 
that wrestling also involved Shaka Khan. It was pretty funny. You know, one of the things I, I want to mention is is nobody there had any idea who Joey Janela was. He was in a it was either a tag match or a fatal four way match. I think it was fatal four way. It was listed as a tag on the card, but they did switch some things up. Now they knew who Yeah, Brian so that was Cage originally was. meant to be Ray Horas and Austin Theory against Brian Cage and Joey Janela. So who do you end up working? Well, so I I don't remember the exact. I mean, it, it, things were a little fuzzy. Yep. Were a little beer is very <laughs> there. Cerveza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With uh, that chili, that chili limon on the cup. I mean, it was Whoa. it was very very. Exciting. But I'll tell you what, nobody knew who Joey Janela was, and he worked that crowd. He actually went over at the end of the match, and everybody went nuts for him. I mean, he was tumbling in the crowd. He did yeah, his I chair saw, spot. I saw a gif but, that he did the the like plancha over the guardrail from like the, the run up the yeah. ringside over into the oh, crowd, and like the crowd just went nuts for it. Oh, they they went nuts because he works so hard. You know, mm. he's got his own unique style. He's not very technical. I think we all know that. But the things he does are just crazy as hell, and he's really trying to win over the crowd. And it was real. I mean, it made me happy. I've met the guy. He's a great guy. Oh yeah. You know, I've, I've seen him work a couple of times, and <laughs> and just to see people not know who he was to immediately turning toward him like that. I mean, it made me very very happy, and I, I could see the smile on his face when, when he went over. And I believe it was the fatal four way. You know, he knew he'd done a good a good job there. And I'll tell you what, he 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 threw himself everywhere. I mean, I've I've seen Joey Janela matches, PWG things like that even our local Lucha Libre and Laughs, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I thought he was getting hurt when he had to stay down, and he That's, would just get back up and keep down into the crowd. There's something to be said about a reckless motherfucker that just does not give a shit about his own personal well-being that I love. Especially, that is, especially yeah. coming back when knowing Joey is not even formally trained. Like The the level he's gotten to based off that alone is it's pretty much insanity. A big part of Wale Mania was me and Rhett Titus, who is a big, big buddy of Joey's, just drunkenly gushing about how awesome Joey was. We're just drunk and she's like, Joey's great, man. Bad boy's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, oh, one of the great. best parts about Joey is like how long he was wrestling. Like, he was wrestling for like 10 years. Like, obviously, starting out like the, the backyard stuff or whatever. But it was that fucking ridiculous spot with him taking the thing from Zandig off the top of the that like shed roof into that, that onto a um, truck. Yeah, onto the truck. It's like it was a ridiculous bump. Joey legitimately almost died. Uh Zandig broke his back and hasn't wrestled since. Um and like that ridiculous dumb thing that ninety nine people out of a hundred would not have done, but Joey did, is kind of in a lot of ways responsible for him becoming like having this amazing hot run that he's had ever since. Like, he's probably one of the and top indie guys going. a lot of hate that kind of shit. A lot of guys who hate that kind of shit fans still love Joey Janela. Like, he's just, one of, he's got that intangible, like, the personality's just there, and all the stuff he does online with, like, the production with John Carlo, with all the videos, fucking oh, tremendous. John Carlo, he's fucking, that guy has the best video uh, production uh, going in wrestling today, man. Those things are cool as shit. All of those teasers that came out for this year's Spring Break and Bloodsport, bravo. Mm-hmm. Agreed 100%. Uh, we were talking about the throwing in the money in the ring, and we've all been to PWG. One time I was down there, and money was in the ring, and not all of it got picked up. Ricochet goes in the ring and starts throwing the money back into the crowd because I think they were going to set up <laughs> T-shirts and stuff, so he just started throwing the money back. Oh, man, that, that cracked me the fuck That's up. That's money. 
Yeah, that yeah, he's last, not going to take you know, the money. He could have no. taken the money, but he did. He's just like, here, back to the fans that they didn't grab it. <laughs> yeah, the, and you um, don't know what? We've all seen it in PWG, how appreciative that they are. That I mean, for lack of a better word, that the people from the United States or wherever they're coming from are just observant of that part of their culture and want to show respect. But yep. the way that they looked at it in Mexico, in Tijuana, I mean, it's almost a novelty at PWG. In in Tijuana, it I mean, they were beaming with with respect. It was like this is not what we've heard we're supposed to do. This is literally people that may not even have the money that are literally throwing it into the ring out of respect. Yeah. And I mean, these guys were just cheesing so hard. Yeah, that, dude, that's a good point. Like, I I hate to be sometimes a jaded fan, but. It, after it's happened so often at PWG, it got to be the part where, like, okay, you guys are playing the role of the fan who throws the yeah, money in. Yeah, they did it at WrestleCon. Yeah, I and mean. It, uh, I, I, you don't want to, like, hate on something that's supposed to be showing respect. You're like, but guys, I mean, all right, I guess if you're going to do one cliche, make it this awesome cliche where you're giving people money. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. even if it is a cliche or whatever, like, it's cool. And it, I hope that it becomes yeah. more of a thing in um, indie wrestling. Because, like, just the idea of, of dudes putting on an awesome performance and you tipping them for that performance, like, fuck, yeah. that should be more of a thing. Yeah, I gave people money that I would have never spent money on a t-shirt for because I either didn't know who they were or maybe I didn't like the shirt or just or whatever. Awkward, right? Or yeah. But you know, I said, whoever you are, you've impressed me and I'm giving you my money. Yeah. And I, I think for that know, money for example, that landed on the, the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one in the guy's jacket. Yeah. This guy got hit in the face, but he grabbed it and threw it in the ring because he knew it didn't belong to him. Well, it, was just, <laughs> it, it was great. Yeah, and, my, you know, my first was, attempt to throw money into the ring was actually at that um, Battle of Los Angeles because uh, obviously we didn't have anything like that in Australia. And um, I, I was the same. I worked out that this papery American money actually works really great if you just ball it up and throw it in. So most of them work pretty well, except for one really disastrous one where I tried to throw it and it, yeah, just just died like about a meter from me. That was quite embarrassing. Well, that's a Mexican peso bill for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was at an indie show and Raven was on the card. And Raven, of course, has this spot where he uses the chair and does a drop toe hold uh, into his opponent into it. And he called for a chair and... People in the front row tried to throw their chairs in the ring, but they all, I'd say at least 15 chairs, bounced off the ropes and back to the outside around the <laughs> ring. It was quite hysterical to the point where, like, I didn't want to throw a chair in the ring. So eventually I'm like, this is embarrassing for all around. So I just stood up and chucked my damn chair in there. But, yeah, all, watching all these chairs just bounce off and coming back at the people, uh, somebody, they could have lost an eye. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Like, that... It wasn't quite ECW where they threw them into the yeah, ring. Yeah, like the Terry Funk spot. Were, yeah, exactly. But people in, in the ringside were literally standing up and handing their chairs to, for example, uh, Pantel Ceramiedo or Joey Janela and, or, or beers. You know, like literally they would have half of a double beer mm. left, you know, so 12 ounces of beer. Please take my beer and throw it at your enemy. Yeah, and that is know, that is like a classic spot of um, we were talking about Rush before and his awesome feud he's had with LA Park. That is a classic spot. I've seen it like a hundred times where the fan just passes them a lot of the times like a full beer as well, and they just turf yeah. this like full beer into the dude's face, and it's just a thing. Part of the magic oh, of Mexican yeah. wrestling. You know, yeah, I, I, I got one of the things that was really really interesting is. You know, for we were talking about how you respect your your local wrestlers and things like that. Uh, Austin Theory actually wrestled Ray Horace. It was not the match that was on the card, 
And, you know, Austin is is very athletic, um, but he's not nearly as flippy as Ray Horace. Well, I mean, both and, of those guys have some history with Evolve, right? I'm pretty sure both of those right. um, dudes last couple they, of years they, have they, done they, stuff there. So you'd think they would sort of mesh. Each other. They, they, it was a great match. Actually, I was talking to a guy that I sold an extra ticket to, and he said it was his favorite match of the night. Huh. And, uh, you know, I, I got to say, I, I was pretty impressed with Austin Theory. I've actually only watched him a couple times in Evolve. I know who he is, but hadn't really watched him. Um, and, and, I mean, what a great match. That was actually the first match that people threw money in. And you would think that Ray Horace would have more of a following in Mexico than Austin Theory. But Austin was completely over with the crowd. I was having to counter with the chant for Ray Horace. Wow. And, uh it was just incredible. I mean, they like once again, just like Joey Janela, they were diving out of the ring, landing on the rail, things like that. And I actually want to give props. I can't believe I'm I'm saying this with all respect to him if he's listening. But Alberto El Patron in the main event with uh, Rush Garza Jr. and Vistia C six 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 versus Patron and Rey Mysterio in Pentagon. I mean, they were all heroes in these kids and even the adults' lives. I mean, they all know who these, you know, the good guys were. And everybody was excited to see them. But I didn't think I'd get as good of a showing out of Alberto. Just Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you sort of expect the vibe of, you know, him not necessarily caring or taking the payday yeah, or that yeah, kind of stuff. But... In or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, man. He got, th- he got his ass thrown over the rail. They, all four corners got somebody thrown over the rail. He was first to go. Hmm. And he got a beer thrown in his face. He he tumbled through the chairs. I mean, he he ate shit. And he was the first one to do it. I I, I couldn't believe it. I turned to the people I was sitting next to and just said, wow. You know, uh, of all the things that was going on, especially the way he kind of received all the pictures, he was de- definitely – it almost looked like he was phoning it in. But maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just trying to get through that many people. And as much as I've really never been a mark for Alberto Del Patron, I really got to hand that to him. He earned my respect with the way he went through things. He did not phone it in. I mean, he, he got his ass kicked for some of this match. And so nice. did Ray and Penta. Uh, bad guys went over. But uh, one of the most exciting things is uh, Pentagon threw, uh, I forgot who it was, but threw one of the guys over. I was sitting in the second row and threw him right over the rail right by me. Pentagon starts grabbing all these chairs and just burying this guy in the chairs. And then he grabs a chair and starts smashing the chairs with chair shots. And people are just dumping beer on this guy. Security is having to get over the, the PA system and say, please stop throwing beer on the wrestlers. Please sit in your seats. I mean, and, and Pentagon is just beating the shit out of him with this chair. I wish I could remember who it was so I could give him that credit just for taking it. But it was, it was so exciting. Like, Best DSS normally takes a pretty badass beating, so I'm half expecting it was probably him. I don't know. Maybe it was him. Maybe it was him. You know, and not only that, but I mean, you know, Flamita did a good job. Even the three versus three match. I was going to say, if there was one show on this card that I was the most excited about when I, I looked at it, when you sent it through to me. It is this, yeah. Willie Mack, ACH, and Shane Strickland against Bandito, Flamita, and Septimo Dragon. Who I haven't, I haven't seen much of Septimo Dragon. Yes. So please yes, tell us about I that. Seen much of him either. Well, first off, once again, just like the whole Ray Horrors thing, you would think that a certain team is is going to be over with the crowd more, right? Yep. Well, ACH came out to mariachi music and was doing a <laughs> dance in the ring before his partners came out. Shane Strickland came out to his song, but they cut it off early. And Willie Mack just did his thing. 
And first off, I haven't really got a chance. I had never seen Willie Mack live. I've watched oh, his matches. Man. Yeah, throwing himself all over the place, doing his, you know, doing his flips. I mean, he was going nuts. Willie Mack is but the, the shit. Dude, he has the best story. He, he literally started as a PWG fan and just stuck around, always helped break down stuff, and then eventually started training, man. So, yeah, all the best to Willie. The guy, bum luck with, like, I guess, health conditions with, with fucking – uh, WWE, but the guy's tremendous and way athletic for his size. It's incredible. Mm. Yeah, so well, good. I can say, guys, this match actually ended up being the comedy match, which is not what I was expecting. I was expecting the most PWG-style match with very high spots and things like that. And it was funny because everything they did were in, in threes, kind of like that match from a couple years ago in, in, in Bola. They got the five stars. Like Everything that they did were in threes, but a lot of it was dancing. They kept having dance-offs, but, you know, oh, the yeah, dance yeah, Willie Mack's pretty well known for his dance-offs in Crash. Oh, you know, it was great. But but they also did include a lot of those tie spots. You know, everybody was diving everywhere. And once again, you know, people, I think I think Shane and ACH had worked Crash before. I'm not sure about Willie Mack. You know, people seem to kind of know who they were. But Oh, Willie, really Willie Mack's been there the for all of the Crash shows that I've seen. So he's, he's a bit of a regular. Okay. Yeah, this is actually my first crash match. So, you know, I've watched a couple matches on YouTube, but, yeah, but yeah. to see the entire show and see how people were reacting. Yo. Um, hello. Hello? I th- I'm still here. I think we might have lost Mr. Crash. I think we might have lost Mr. Crash. Uh, well, John, if uh, if that is it, thank you. Thank you for, for calling in. Thank you for this run-in. I very much appreciated it. Uh, that was really cool. It's was really good to, to get that in-person, um, you know, all those little things that you don't necessarily know just from watching the show on YouTube. The thing about the, the peso. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's you're back. back. You're back. Oh, I must have hit the mute button, or maybe it was that Wi-Fi here. <laughs> no, that's all good, man. I'm, well, I'm glad I, that you're uh, still here. I, I mean, we. I, I just had a couple closing notes here, and then I, I do have to let you go. You know, yeah, everybody good. that I thought would be over with the crowd – uh, that's just not the way it was. And maybe it's my own, you know, naivete to having not watched a lot of crash and thinking that, you know, the, the fans in Mexico automatically like Mexican wrestlers, but that just wasn't the way it was. You know, there are definitely people here that have worked hard to get themselves known and, you know, people that I knew. Right. But I, I didn't think coming down here that people would be aware of these guys talent, like for example, ACH or something like that. And they had a massive following. It was just really nice to see. I, I can't wait to go back. You know, like yeah. I said, props to Flamita and really Alberto too, just because he, you know, he earned my respect for the first time. Yeah, props man. to Austin Theory for being more over than Ray Horse. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was great. And Phoenix wasn't even on the card, and he showed up. And Matt Riddle was there. I mean, we haven't even talked about Matt Riddle. Yeah, I was going to say. So, so that was the other match. Sorry to talk over you, man, but that was the other match I was very excited about. The semifinal, incredible. Uh, Daga and the King, which is um, Phoenix's uh, independent name, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, against Matt Riddle and Adam Brooks. Did that match actually take place as advertised? It was Matt Riddle versus Mr. 450, or excuse me, and Mr. 450 versus Daga and Phoenix. Oh, that and still sounds like a great I, match. People had seen a little, oh, it was a great match. And people had seen a little bit of Matt Riddle. But you could hear the gasp in the crowd when he starts kneeing and elbowing the guy in the head repeatedly. Hmm. You know, I mean, it, 
these guys next to me had hadn't watched wrestling really in 15 years. And I had to tell him, you know, he's from UFC. That's why he's working this way. And I mean, they, they were like scared that he was literally trying to kill these people in the ring. Yeah, that's great. Which so, he could do. I mean, <laughs> he really snaps, could. He could kill <laughs> I've heard things. Um, so did you say that Daga was on the opposite side of the ring as Matt Riddle? Yeah, Daga was with Phoenix. Yeah, cool. Because, yeah, Daga himself works a bit of an MMA style in um, a lot of stuff that I have seen him at. Um, really, really impressive guy. When I saw that that sort of match, I was envisioning all the stuff with Matt Riddle and Daga would be very good because if anyone's going to be able to do that kind of style okay. in Mexico, it would be Daga. Well, and he took the shots. I mean, he, you know, he was the guy that was taking these elbows and these knees and just taking it. And, you know, Matt Riddle looked like a, a, a god out there, but I mean, Daga made him look like a million bucks. Awesome. Nice, man. Um, so good. Yeah, thank you so much for, for the call-in. Um, did you have any, any closing notes or any other little awesome, odd little things to recommend to people about uh, if they visit um, Tijuana themselves? I heard they got well, good tacos. Off, Is that true? They have incredible tacos, and they're, they're less than a dollar. I mean, literally the best, the best tacos I've found. You want shrimp on it? All right, two bucks mm. tops. You know, so to anybody that's ever been to Tijuana, it's not like what you hear. If, if as long as you don't go looking for trouble, you're not going to find trouble. And if you can ever make it, get a chance to go down to see a crash show, support the economy. You know, they need it and it's a good price for you. It's, it's a great vacation. You can go check out San Diego and go to the beach. I mean, it's just excellent. And really the, the last thing I wanted to plug is, you know, I said I was going to Everybody check out Lucha Libre and Laughs in Denver. We are looking to exp- – I'm good friends with the owner, and I'm, slight, I'm like part-time with them, right? I help them, you know, like for example, get this talent booking and things like that when I was down here. But they're looking to expand to Las Vegas. They're, they're really about to blow up. He's had meetings with some of the major television corporations, which I won't mention just because they have ongoing negotiations. But he's really looking to expand it, and it's one of those things like uh, – like, you know, the Vava Voom and, and uh, you know, oh, what's the one in Oakland? Uh, Hood Slam. Yeah. It, it's really kind of like that. They have stand-up comedy. They have wrestling. And over the wrestling, they make uh, jokes. They're comedians running commentary over the matches. It's a really good thing because 85% of these people have never watched a wrestling match or at least in like 20 years or so. And you can tell the wrestling fans because they won't shut up. That's awesome. That sounds um that sounds very sim- similar to um we were raving about three two one battle a couple of shows ago. Um, yeah, yeah, sounds like actually, similar vibes. The last the yeah, time I met you know, Jonathan or we spoke to you, it's, we discussed this exact thing, and then I talked about three two one battle. So that's exactly what oh, we spoke, spoke I, about last time. <laughs> I, I am a strong advocate for it. Oh I, man, I no, that's the awesome. Guy you all you got to grind for your fucking people, man. So mad respect. Yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate you having me. It's actually been a pleasure. I was, I, this did not go as terrible as I thought it would. Like I said, first time ever on a podcast, but hopefully we can do it again sometime. For sure. Yeah, man, for real. Hey, thank you so much. I uh, super appreciate it, man. And I'd, I'd love to hear more about Lucha Libre and laughs in the future. So, hey, if you, um, you know, go to a show, feel free to do another run-in and uh, we'll, we'll hear that live perspective. You got it. And Chris, you know you'll be visiting me soon. We'll book it around a Lucha Libre and Laugh show. Oh, I was going to say, I'm definitely making a trip that way, and I would love to to work that in, my friend. Well, I appreciate you guys. Good luck with your podcast, and thank you for having me on. Thanks, Thanks a bunch, man. You take care.
Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. Bye. All right. <laughs> that was real fun. That was, that was nice. Um, yo, so Jeremy, we yes, have sir. one more thing to discuss in the show. What uh, would you like to cover? So, there was a uh, a deathmatch tournament that happened a couple of weeks ago in uh, New Jersey in the before Starland before we Bowl. move on. Actually, uh, we I need this is just fun. The whole time that Jonathan was talking to us, he was on actually a video chat. And I just saw it towards up, the end. He, he had his phone up to his ear, so I kept on seeing like flickers of lights, and then all of a sudden <laughs> his, his face popped on the screen. It was quite funny. <laughs> I saw it when he was hanging up. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So yes, uh, tournament of survival. Uh, I like the name, man. I, you know me. I'm not a big deathmatch fan, and not big blood and guts fan. And I actually did peruse some of the matches before getting to the match we were to, or we we're going to discuss here. Um, holy shit, dude! These guys are. I can't hate. I, I mean, I can't hate too much. It's just insane. Like. I mean, you've got to respect it. Like, yes. you, can, you can maybe not, like, it's not your cup of tea or whatever. And in a lot of ways, you know, I, I could not necessarily normally watch, like, a full match of deathmatch wrestling or a full card of deathmatch wrestling, per se. I'll, I'll, you know, watch it time to time. To me, it's like the cookie monster. It's a, it's a sometimes food. And I think yes. it's, it's well consumed in that way. Um, but, yeah, even if you, you don't like that style at all and it, it makes you actually nauseous, like, you got to respect those dudes. It's ridiculous. The pain threshold alone, these guys, or they're just fucking, they don't have a good pain threshold. They're just maniacs. It has, it's one or the <laughs> other, but either one respectable. Uh, and fuck, the, some of the guys who I really, really like as far as people are deathmatch wrestlers, like Casanova Valentine, yeah. one of the nicest guys on Twitter. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, who I just finished a shirt for. He's I, I follow um, Casanova Valentine on the Instagram um yeah, he's awesome. and yeah his his stuff that he posts for his uh his like just club death matches i love mm-hmm. it dude is and he's such also a wicked hustler. good artist too yeah i think that's the original reason why i started following him then it's like oh shit dude wrestles death matches as well huh yeah the, but yeah what is it the hipster heartthrob is his gimmick? yeah i think that's exactly what it is yeah well but shout yeah, out man. to casanova valentine we should get him on the show sometime and talk about some deathmatch stuff. Because honestly, I, I'd like to learn more. I even I think I'm gonna drag myself to one of these shows sometime just to. I mean, I kind of have to. I can't hate too much without experience in it. I guess, but who knows yeah. when that'll happen? Yeah, but let's great. get on to it. PCO, Joey Janela. PCO, Joey Janela. I um obviously was ecstatic about PCO from uh, Spring Break with his sick match against Walter um, and just the career revival that he's having all of his fucking weird um, YouTube promo videos with his, his, uh, his hype coach. Uh, I, I don't know what the exact relationship is. The manager who basically um, puts him through the ringer. Um, so like I've seen him electrocute uh, PCO's nipples with car clamps. Um, I have seen him, uh, tear a tennis ball, uh, with PCO's teeth. I've seen him wrap a a steel bar around PCO's neck. I don't know the exact relationship, but, uh, I enjoy it. Strange, (laughs) strange man. (laughs) They seem close. Uh, you gotta give him that much. You don't let a man torture you like that unless he's a really good friend. 
Um, the most recent one was actually excellent, where um, PCO was was like dead, like a Frankenstein underneath like a, a, a sheet, and um, this this dude was uh, bringing him back to life. Uh, first of all, he he hammered a nail into PCO's nose, then he electrocuted him a bit with the with the car clips after like doing the the, the rubbing them together and getting the sparks and stuff. Um, and yeah, basically in the end, he uh, he brought him back to life. And uh, PCO cut a sweet little promo, but it, it needs to be seen to be believed. That, um, that's fucking wrestling, baby. That to me, that's that's the kind of stuff that is missing wrestling. The insane guys doing insane things just to promote a fucking professional wrestling match. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, it's just the, bringing it right back to the freak show of uh, of old, which exactly. is, is kind of interesting because I almost see these deathmatch tournaments and death matches in general. It's almost like you're going to an old school carnival freak show in, in watching yep. these shows um, and, and just seeing this sick, crazy shit that these dudes are doing with the, the light tubes and the those, what are the, the discs shucks. with the spike things where they like actually get them ah, stuck into their head and they have to be pulled off with pliers and it's like yeah, a the half fish hook spot. Oh, man. Half a beer can like cut off and stuff like <laughs> Yeah, but the. The sick and twisted minds that come up with the torture weapons are some of the most creative things. Like uh, Tournament of Death, they had like uh, a trampoline with barbed wire. And oh, light I saw tube, that. And then a pane of glass over the top of the light tube. So it technically looked like if you land on the pane of glass, it might soften your landing for a brief second until you bounce and then come landing back on it. So, uh, what a weird yeah. statement, by the way. A pane of glass will soften your landing. Yeah, it actually would briefly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise, you're just going on light tubes and barbed wire. Oh, fuck. Man. Yeah, it, dude, the funny thing is, like, like you're saying about like the, the work that goes into creating these gimmicks, yeah. There is a lot of work and craftsmanship because in my, again, brief foray back in the day into the, the wrestling, I did a little bit of this deathmatch wrestling myself and got a big kick out of it. I think I enjoyed that more than anything else that I did. Um, but you, you don't think about how much work goes into creating the gimmicks. You know, I did like a, a board of, um, of rat traps one time. Like just nice. a big, uh, you know, wooden board and you, you have the, the rat traps stuck to and, and all set up on the board. Like that, you got to get like a fucking hot glue gun. You got to work out how they're actually going to be stuck to the board. You got to buy all the rat traps. This was a good investment of, of time and going to the hardware store. Um, you know, people people forget that uh, whoever is putting these gimmicks together, it's a, it's a lot of hard work. That's what I thought when I saw some of these things wheeled out on this show. Whether it was the the board that had the the half cut off beer cans that you were, were talking about, yes. or um, there was one earlier in the show with uh, the. Did you see the one with the pizza cutters? I did not. I, I did see one where it's just like it looked like four pieces of wood framing, which had like barbed wire running across it, so you could just throw people in. I think that was in the Nick Gage match. Just bananas, dude. And you'd be shocked when you find out that the wrestling show with the least amount of wrestling ability has the highest engineering ability. <laughs> <laughs> the skill's got to go somewhere you know instead yes. of spending the time training they're spending the time making these fucking gimmicks and uh studying up on how it works i guess hey you gotta get over <laughs> somehow man dude uh a, a funny thing like we saw there were a lot of light tubes on this show a lot mm. a lot of light tubes leading up to the biggest light tube spot i think was the light tube cabin 
which is basically like a fucking big dog house that was made out of <laughs> light tubes. And uh, 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 two dudes, uh, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, um, both uh, went, went crashing on through it. It was almost there were so many light tubes to where you get a bit desensitized to it. But to, to bring it back to a sense of reality of, of how painful this is, um, on one of my early back in the day wrestling trips, it was one of my first times wrestling in a state. I was on this show where in the main event, uh, this dude whose name escapes me, Mikey something, um, took a, a big spot at the end through this uh, you know uh, light tube contraption. And you see it and it's a big crash and everyone goes crazy or whatever. What you don't see is the next like hour and a half after the show where he's like sitting really uncomfortably and sad while he's having his girlfriend like pick each of these individual light tube glass shards out of his back. Like <laughs> it's a thing that you you don't actually think about. You know, you think this is the kind of thing. I mean, you have a shower and it, it washes a bit of it off, but then like you actually have to these individual little bits and pieces have to come out, and then there's a lot of it that actually, you know, it's so small that it can't come out. So then it actually stays in the skin for a matter of days and weeks, and just sort of comes out at, at their own time. Like, ooh, if that doesn't give you the heebie-jeebies. I don't know what does. The part that maybe cringe is thinking about after you take the shower and get some of it off and then there's still gonna be some on your skin but you go to dry off and you're just grinding all Ooh. those remnants back into your skin dude fucking a man, man. fuck that business <laughs> yeah. luckily enough the joey and pco match had very little of all that nonsense but still pretty fucking hardcore and uh oh, it was great and like stuff, it was too. almost it was almost more impressive to me because we if, if like watching this whole show you see so much shit to where, yeah, you're desensitized to it. I can only imagine the people in this building, how desensitized to the craziness they are before they got up to this match, which I think was in, like, the semi-main event position. So they've yeah, seen, like, everything. Like, all these light tubes, uh, pizza cutters, these metal spiky discs, like, just you name it. There was a bit where a dude tried to saw the other dude's leg off with an actual saw. Uh, <laughs> just Fuck get fucked, head. hey? Um, and then... <laughs> You're going out there with uh, PCO and Joey Janela, and they're doing a, a bit of you know weapon stuff, but nothing like the, the deathmatch death stuff. Deathmatch yeah. stuff, and they had the match that was the most over on the whole show, just because of the the effort and the the quality of those guys. You know, it's it's really cool to see. Um, right from from go, like you saw when PCO came out on this show, he there was like a buzz in the building. Because, you know, people probably just heard about the Walter match and, and seen some of these videos. And, uh, yeah, he, he brings a whole different vibe to, like, anything else in wrestling right now. Like a real monster, which is crazy. Like, I, we both are of age and seen his progression from back in the fucking 80s and then in the 90s and all the different iterations of his character. Yeah. To see what he is actually, now, dude. Actually, this past week, I was just watching uh, some Quebecers matches. Uh, there's a sweet one with Royal Rumble 94, I think, with uh, Quebecers against Owen and Bret Hart. And then there are actually a couple of really sweet matches that he had when he became a pirate as Jean-Pierre Lafitte yes. uh, against Bret Hart. 
which I highly recommend. The match at In Your House was like they stole that show uh, from, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels and whatever the other dudes are up the top, and it was just an amazing match. So to see him go from that to where he is now in his career as like a 50-odd-year-old man who is just a monster, a literal monster. And I I forgot how (laughs) crazy he was back in the day because, again, yeah, I too watched a little bit of Quebecer stuff back because I was watching some old Raws and such, and he constantly was doing the spot where he just take a a, a uh what's it, a somersault off the t- over the top rope out to the yeah, outside yeah because like, that, that was, was like that was the first there. version of the the cannonball that was what yeah. it was was called his cannonball off the top which i guess being a pirate i just got that pun huh. um yes. <laughs> but yeah he'd take that bump like as a big dude you know like 270 280 pounds whatever taking right, his really. bump like a every night this like yep. modern day Joey Janela. I mean, back in the day Joey Janela. And yeah, the, the spot with the fucking the or the door where he broke it over. Like, oh man, they they knew they had something there when they probably planned that out because that was that looked so fucking cool. Yeah. So to try to put this into visuals for our our you know listeners out there. Prior to this, there was actually a sick spot where um they were up on like this staging bit uh above the the crowd. Um, and uh, PCO gave Joey Janela a fall-away slam, like, off of the, this ledge down to the lower section, and the fans actually caught Joey, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking <laughs> like Mikey Whipwreck and ECW back in the day, or, or Spike Dudley, and they're yep. just, like, surfing him around the building, and he, like, gave, uh, gave PCO the double bird. Fuck, I thought that was cool. Uh, but, yep. yeah, then get into the ring. They have a, a couple of actual literal doors, and um, Joey hits uh, PCO with the door, and he basically, PCO just hands down, takes it, and his head goes through the door, so it's like this shining fucking moment, and then he basically hulks up, breaks the door, and then goes on to, to kill Joey a little bit more. Dude. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, when I and first then, saw that gif, I was like, I may not have en- end up seeing this match, but that gif alone is fucking awesome. So when I finally saw it come up in the match, because honestly, it wasn't the longest match, but the way they paced it and with how fun it was, it was a really solid fucking match. And they had everyone in the palm of their hands the entire time. Yeah, agreed. And again, like with the amount of stuff that the, the crowd would have seen up to that point for them to have the crowd like they did, just a testament to how, how good both of those dudes are. Um, I mean, for the, the rest of the show... I, uh, like I was saying, I'm not the biggest fan of Deathmatch Wrestling. I love some of it. I loved, like, FMW back in the day with Onita and, like, Terry Funk and obviously ECW and everything like that. Um, it's almost like back then there was more of a lead-up to the violence. So it's like a lot of reversal, reversal, reversal before the guys actually get to the the big spot. Whereas now it's almost like just going straight to it like dudes you're going straight into the the tubes a lot of the guys were like voluntarily going into the tubes hitting the tubes over their own head and stuff i was trying to think of it it's so weird it's almost like and this is maybe a a funny comparison it's like if you're watching porn okay so you have you have the porn let me me unzip (laughs) (laughs) yeah get ready so you have the porn that has the lead in, you know, you have the storyline, you have the, the, um, you know, wife that's home alone and the, 
the uh, plumber comes over and he's, he's fixing her pipes or whatever. Big old storyline lead in. And then you have the, the current day, what I believe they call the is it Gonzo, Gonzo porn. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> straight to the fucking hardcore sex. Boom, boom, yep. boom. No lead in. That's where deathmatch wrestling is today for me. You know, I I feel like I kind of need a bit of a lead in. I don't know if I'm ready to just go straight to the. That was a sexy simile. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's a good point, man. That's, I, I dig it. Yeah, you're 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 hundred percent right. And it's it's almost like the guys instead of trying to avoid being injured, they almost are like the badge of honor is who can get fucked up the most. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like felt that slack. way at the, the finals. Are you still oh yeah. Slack? The guy yeah, is a yeah. fucking maniac. He gets his leg impaled with a fucking filing cabinet, and then now he's bringing out filing cabinets again and again. Like, now it's his thing. He's, he brings out filing cabinets. Schlack is a crazy man. They had a bit where they, like, put a light tube up the side of his jeans uh, on the, the injured leg and then, like, just wailed away on this leg with the light tube in the jeans. Like, you can't even see the explosion. It's like he's just getting hurt <laughs> for his own shits and giggles. Yeah, no one's even getting to enjoy this. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, oh man, there's another spot with, like, a trolley, where they had, like, a trolley in the ring, and it's, like, just the weirdest, most awkward-shaped thing to possibly take stuff onto. I mean, I guess it's an affordable gimmick to be using because you can just steal it from the local Walmart or whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah they had this trolley, set it on its side, loaded a bunch of light tubes on it, and then took a spot off the top rope into the shopping trolley. <laughs> craziness. But, yeah, I think the, the craziness was definitely at its peak in the main event, the finals of this tournament of survival. Uh, we had um, Ciclope and uh, Miedo Extremo. Uh, two dudes from um, DTU and the the sort of extreme wrestling scene in uh, in Mexico, and sadly it was not the same Ciclope of WCW fame. <laughs> yeah, that's was... the whole time I was saying, <laughs> this guy looks fucking young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that's not Ciclope. He must have been fourteen years old in WCW. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that had some ridiculous shit. Um, as like tag team partners, you know, work on one another. I guess they take it to another level when you're very familiar with the guy. Um, I mean, my favorite bit was honestly the bit where they actually took the ring apart, uh, took the, you know, padding the, the canvas off. And, and then no, that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to just take spots onto the, the wooden boards. They got the ring crew to take the boards away. So we had the actual raw framework of the ring, which shock horror actually had a uh, barbed wire spider web thing on it. What? <laughs> they what had a surprise. Spider web underneath everything. Yeah, it was there the whole time. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> yeah, so they did it. They did a thing where I think it was um, Miedo Extremo took a crazy thing off the top rope into the, the spider web and then, yeah. Nuts. I've seen, I've nuts, seen a spot nuts. where they take the ring apart all that way, and then the guy got a pile driver right on the steel beam. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, Yeah, I think I've seen yeah. Great Sasuke take some stuff onto the actual was, yeah. ring frame. But yeah, dude. 
It uh, it was definitely an experience. And uh, if deathmatch wrestling is your thing, I uh, I highly recommend our, our listeners give it a watch. But at the very least, check out this uh, Joey Janela PCO match. I'm so excited by it. And then that brings us on to the news that just broke, um, like yesterday. Uh, PCO announced as the first entrant into this year's PWG Battle of Los Angeles. What? Yes, sir. That's what a what a skyrocket over this last fucking couple of months like it that is the biggest tournament in the united states as far as i'm concerned uh so it's it's pretty impressive that a guy his age is coming out to compete i mean liger did it so not i mean almost of. similar to i remember finley was announced in it um a couple of years yep. ago when he had that awesome run on the indies with um sammy callahan uh but yeah so stoked uh, they, man they i really hope recording while yeah. we recorded they announced number two uh, someone who is a a mainstay up here up at Defy now is Brody King. Brody King is entrant oh, number deuce. Awesome. Yeah, I've really liked what I've seen of Brody King um, in MLW and stuff. He's mm-hmm. a very talented big man. Yeah, the uh, most recent Defy show, he I forget he, who he was supposed to work with. They didn't end up showing up, and he ended up working against Super Crazy, who was a surprise entrant. And that was really good because Brody, for a guy his size, can do some good Lucha stuff. Nice. Some good lucha nice. things, somebody might say. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's great. Um, I'm very excited about that. Um, but yeah, what a world! What a world! What a this this bowler sounds like it's going to be nuts. I, I can't wait to see who's going to be next, and I am waiting with bated breath to see whether Courtney's Roller Derby Finals will be in. Um, in atlanta so that i get to go to this crazy bowler i'm I'm very excited and hopeful um fingers crossed and i'm hopeful for you as well sir <laughs> but either way you're, you're gonna be there right uh, the the all signs point to yes at this time as long as i'm able to procure a ticket nice i mean and, and that is a difficult difficult thing in and of itself as we both know yes sir did you get all three straight up last time uh, I I had to well I I had people buying tickets for me so I the first go I had tickets all sorted but I was still nervous as hell because you have it in other people's hands the entire time you know what I mean yeah of course yeah man well fingers crossed that that all works out um, and yeah I I hope that uh, listeners out there in the you know this that shit is worth making a trip for if anything is uh, Battle of Los Angeles. I'm uh, even more excited for that um, than it would be necessarily for, for All In or some of this other stuff that, you know, has these uh, more internet hype going for it. show's going to be if dope. If any evidence of how awesome it could be, the three guys on this show all met at a PWG show, and you make fast friends that, you know, in your local circles, you may not be able to nerd out as hard on wrestling as you may want to at times, but... Come to PWG, you're going to find some people who are at your level and maybe, you know, some people you may even want to avoid. They might be a little bit too much for you as well. <laughs> are you saying that the dumbness may be too not too much for some people? Oh, it can be a bit extreme at times. The dumbness does get thick. But hey, that's what we're there for. <laughs> that's what we're there for. And yeah, what an appropriate thing that, uh, that that's where we all met for the first time and I think that's just a, a testament to the awesome scene and, and the, the family and, and all that kind of thing about the cool vibes 
of um, of PWG, and I, I really hope that that continues into the the new venue where uh, Bowler will be taking place this year. No more uh, no more lovely Reseda. Yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the future. I've, I've heard great things about the venue, so I'm hoping that the that the same vibes will will be there, and the ghost of Reseda will still be at these shows. I'm just romanticizing Reseda. It's not that great. It's yeah, it's definitely an upgrade. It's just it's a favorite little dirt ball when you've gone so many times and you've had such a great time there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Well, Who's shop friend. I was gonna say on that note, um, I I think uh, I think we've reached that point. Um, fun fun chats as always. I I enjoyed um, the show today. Had a nice organic feel to it. Um, uh, a little run-in from John. We're talking about how organic and normal was. <laughs> <laughs> well, the show today I was had real fun. organic and natural, and it, it didn't seem forced at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're getting to the part where we pre-planned to put over the show, right? So yes, very organic. <laughs> Our show is fucking great. We're fucking great. Um, where can you find more awesome stuff from you, Chris? Well, um, my favorite place on the internet is the Instagram. Um, you can find me at Chris Things on the Instagram. Lots of wacky wrestling art. I'm on a real kick at the moment of doing violent stuff in um, hyper crazy psychedelic colors. So, if you pastels, that sounds like it'll stuff. yeah pastels. Love the pastels. I dig it. Thanks, brother. man. And I am at James Vanderbeek, J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek, on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you need a shirt design or anything, get at me. Um, I don't know if a lot of wrestlers listen to this podcast, but hey, if you know a wrestler who needs a shirt design, tag me at a Twitter post. I'm all about it. Mm, indeed. Some quality stuff. And also, if you're not a wrestler, check out this man's uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the places. It's a hilarious time. I get a great kick out of your puns, sir. I appreciate it, buddy. And honestly, the ridiculous adulation I get from my my Twitter account, as ridiculous it is, when you're a depressed person, it makes you feel quite well to make people feel so happy. So, yeah, man, I appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I think you've spread a lot of positivity throughout the, the interwebs for a lot of Fuck wrestling yeah. fans. Damn yeah, right. Yeah. Aww. All right, man. <laughs> Well, it's been nice. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, for real. Um, Hello, we're cutting it off now. Hope you hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> It'll be a running joke for the show on um, how annoyed my girlfriend is for having to listen through the entire duration of our show, but she keeps on doing it. So hey, the doll, hey. doll. Yeah, I All like right. it. I like Thanks, it. Thanks everybody. Um, well, uh, just in, in closing the show, oh, uh, I want to give a shout out to the Social Suplex guys. Uh, great stuff on the the Social Suplex podcast oh. hub uh, oh. and and website that those guys um, put together. A lot of cool posts and everything, and the other shows as well. Um, make sure you check out One Nation Radio. Uh, we've got Keeping It Strong Style. I love that show. They had a very um, great breakdown of the Epic Dominion recently. Uh, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, Outsiders Edge Wrestling Show, and the Wrestling Wash. Uh, that's all at socialsuplex.com. So, yeah, check that out. But, yeah, thank you so much for everybody listening again. Um, four episodes down. It feels longer because we only do once every two weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying things. 
Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank if, you very if much, my friend. Awesome happens. Like maybe one of these days we might have to do like an emergency show if some big news happens, or if we get a wild hair up our ass if we watch something and want to chat about it. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not opposed to doing more than one every once in a while. You know what I mean, buddy? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel the same. I'm quite open to the things. I'm always cognizant of uh, of people's time. Uh, yes, obviously, you as well. a lot of awesome. Um, you know, podcasts out there. Like, I mean, obviously our, ourselves, but you know, a lot of the listeners out there. But hey, yeah, we we might give it a go sometime. Uh, going a little bit more frequent. We'll uh, we'll play it by ear. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, buddy. Always nice talking to you, man. You too, man. Hey, you said on the first show you had a sweet close that you used to do on the Indie Rific podcast. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like it could be appropriate for you to bring that back on episode four? I don't mind at all. I'm quite fond of it. To each of yours. Oh, wait, I fucked it up. All right. To each, <laughs> to each of you, to all, keep it safe and keep it swifty. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, buddy. We go <laughs> back so much, man. Grand Theft Auto. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody knows that the bird is aware.